I want you to get ready. The inimitable Dr. Chris Owens is going to speak for us today. He'll be here spoken many times. He's the executive vice, executive senior vice president of um, Southeastern University. He does a good job always for us. He is uh, talented. He is gifted. He's a preacher's kid. Serve God in a wonderful way. He always hits it out of the park. He is a great leader. He is anointed, and he's a tither, so which is uh, important. Loves Jesus. So I want you to know how much uh, you let him know when he comes, how much we appreciate him after this choir number. So we walked out early in the morning to the crisp air after a good night's sleep, eyes kind of adjusting to the sun creeping over the horizon. He was there with his master, and as his eyes kind of cleared up and he kind of acclimated himself, he panic took over his heart. As he looked on the horizon and he saw body after body after body, horses and chariots, 360 degrees around him where he was, he realized that somehow during the night, he and his master had been surrounded, that there was no escape, there was no way out. And with great anxiety and probably some pretty good haste, he darts back into the place where they're staying and he wakens his master and he says, what should we do? We're surrounded. They're everywhere. Now, I don't know if you've been in that spot. I know I haven't. Maybe there's some, some veterans here that know what that's like, but, but just imagine for a second that you've now been awoken from a deep sleep and your traveling companion says that you are surrounded by a mass army that is apparently there to take you hostage. And this young man had to have expected his master to have a little bit of panic in his voice. I mean, at least have a, some concern on his face. But his master's response was not at all, I think, what he was expecting. It was calm. It was confident. It was almost as he was unshakable in his faith. But before we get back to that story, let me ask you, have you ever been in a moment like that? Though we may not have been surrounded by a, a conquering army, but have you ever walked into a situation you didn't see coming? You ever have those moments where you're facing trials and challenges in your family and your life that you're going, man, I didn't see this coming, and your first question was a little bit of panic, right? I mean, let's just roll back last night. I thought I was going to have to change messages. If, if Samford beat FSU, we were going to have a different message this morning. <laughs> it was going to be, come to the altar. We're going to pray for you. Don't, it's okay. There's hope for you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a Clemson Tiger fan, as, as Pastor said. So I was watching both uh, Southeastern's football game last night and watching Texas A&M give us all we wanted. And, and I can promise you that my, uh, my demeanor last night was not unshakable, okay? I'm, I'm screaming at the TV. And then for all you Gators fans, listen, there's an altar call at the end. We're going to pray for you in just a minute. It's okay. It's okay. God has not forsaken you. There's still hope, though it looks bleak. The idea of what I want to unpack with you today is this, this idea of unshakable faith, cultivating a life-changing faith. What does it look like? What does it look like that when you're faced with insurmountable odds, you don't waver, you don't take a step backwards? I mean, I don't know about you, but if for 19 days straight I'm driving to the West Coast for someone to stick a needle in my eye, I'm not going to do that well. 
<laughs> if you've been around me, when I get the flu, it's like all hands on deck, right? I'm dying, get the will out, it's almost over. I've been texting pastor and, and it got to a point where I was like, man, I just, I need to hear his voice. And I called him and I said, hey, how are you? Fully expecting, I knew what was going on, I talked to Dan, and fully expecting, you know, I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear the man of God sounded pretty weak right now. I'm, I'm going to hear him at his, at his lowest. And what I got on the other end was I'm a little better than I was yesterday. We're taking the next step forward. We're in this fight. I don't know if you've got people like that in your life, but I've got three or four that are in my life that when I know I'm facing something that is going to be challenging, that's going to be, that's going to press my faith, I want to talk to them because they're never wavering. They never back up. They never seem to get nervous. There are these people who have kind of been there, done that. God has shown themselves faithful. And you usually hear things like, hey, have you prayed yet? God's got you on this one. And so as we look at this idea of unshakable faith today, it's going to be on the screen if you've got your Bible. Go ahead and turn to 2 Kings chapter 6, and let me kind of set the context for the story. Most of you may know that. Some of you new to the faith or uh, may not know the story. Who I was talking about was Elisha. And in the Old Testament, Elisha is one of uh, just an unbelievable prophet of God that did some miraculous things, some just only God things. And so where we find him in chapter 6 is what I think is the framework, the context that you and I can learn from of how to develop and cultivate in our life this unshakable faith. Because, you know, uh, last week, before we get into the scripture, last week I had this, this distinct privilege. My father retired. He's a pastor. He had pastored at the same church in Greenville, South Carolina. We've had this conversation. You know, today's Josh O'Connor's first day. He's preaching. We were watching him in the green room. Uh, but last week was my dad's retirement, and uh, 36 years of faithful ministry in the same church. I mean, over three decades of just ministry, and it was just an honor to watch him and know, hey, the same guy that's on the platform was the same guy at my house. He never acted different. He never did anything different. And my father is one of those people who has that constant, consistent voice of just grounded faith. And throughout the course of my life and my marriage, I've called him on several occasions, a lot of times in transition, and I would just say, Dad, this is going on. I have no idea. I'm not equipped to deal with this. And he would just simply go, yeah, well, Lord, would you touch Chris? Would you let him see that you're at work on his behalf? Would you help him? God, would you give him faith? And he would just speak this encouraging word to me. Sometimes I'd go, Dad, did you not hear what I just said? You could at least act like you're concerned. Fake it a little bit. Give me a little bit, but it's always just this steadiness. And so I asked myself this question as a leader. Is that something you're just born with? Is that just a, a natural disposition that you, you're steady under pressure? Or is this a, a gift of God that only certain people get? Or is this a discipline that's in my life that I can actually cultivate as a man, as a leader of my home? I want to be the rock. I want to be steady. I don't want to be up and down wondering if the, oh, is the end coming or how are we going to get through this. I want to be the guy that goes, no, the Lord is faithful, the Lord is good, we can do this. And here's what I have resolved, and we're going to look at this passage of Scripture today, is that it is both a gift that the Lord can give you, it's for everyone, but also believe that it's a discipline that we can cultivate in our lives, that we can lean in and we can have an unshakable faith. And here's what I know and I love about our church. There are people all throughout this congregation today 
that you possess unshakable faith. You, you are the voice in somebody else's life when things are going rough and you're the one that never wavers, your heartbeat never goes up. Why? Because you've seen God's faithfulness and you can't wait to tell somebody else, hey, just hang on, God's not done yet. God's with you. God's gonna see you through this. So a few weeks ago, someone asked it, hey, Chris, there's this pattern, and I've heard you speak a lot recently, and it's always about hanging on and getting through struggles. And I told him, I said, well, I said, I don't know what to tell you. They asked Jesus something similar. He said, hey, I came for the sick, not the healthy. And there's this, this theme that's been running in my heart for the last year about people who are facing great trials and great struggles in their life and how God empowers us. He doesn't just expect us. He empowers us not to hang on, but to push through, to get to the other side. So let's take a look at this passive scripture. Here's the context. Chapter 6, Elisha, uh, here's what we find. The king of Aram is at war with Israel. And so the king of Aram has set up several of these kind of ambush moments uh, where they have kind of gone and laid in wait for uh, the king of Israel and his troops to come by and they were going to attack them. But Elisha would know about it supernaturally, and he would go and he would tell the king of Israel, and he would say, hey, by the way, don't go there because uh, the king of Aram's laying in wait for you, and he's going to attack you. And so he would go, and the scripture said he'd go and check it out, and you're like, he's right, and they would avoid it, and they would avoid utter disaster. Well, after three or four times, the king of Aram is now just angry beyond measure, he is upset, and he calls his senior leaders together, as any good military guy would, and he goes, which one of you isn't for me? Who in the room is against me because they know everything that I'm doing? One of you is a spy. And they all look back at him, and they said, no, king, we're all for you. It's not us. It's this prophet Elisha. And the scripture says they told him, he, he knows even the very words you whisper in your bedroom. Well, there's a little unsettling word for you. <laughs> yeah, some of you are going, wow, I hope he wasn't listening last night. <laughs> and as any good tactician goes, he, he says, all right, here's what we're going to do. I want to force together, and I want you to go find where he's at, and I want you to bring him to me. We're going to capture him so we can conquer them. What an idea. Capture him so we can conquer them. So here's where we read the biblical text about the story I just told you. And so let's take a look and let's read. And I want you to pay attention because I believe there's a phrase in here that you and I can grab a hold of in 2018 and we can establish the next step of what it looks like for you and I to cultivate an unshakable faith. Let's read verse 15, chapter 6. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Here's your phrase. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Would you read that, that, that phrase with me? Those who are with us are more than than those who are with them. Let's read it one more time. Read it like you mean it. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. What a powerful prayer. 
Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Verse 19 is what I call the Star Wars verse. These aren't the drones you're looking for. Elijah told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. Let's pray. Father, over the next few minutes, I pray that you would give us eyes to see. Lord, what needs to be changed in our life and the courage to take the next step to bring about that change. Father, I pray you would settle the hearts of the people in this room, regardless of what this past week held, regardless of of any disappointments. Lord, give us clarity of mind that we might hear your word and respond with obedience. And everybody said? So so listen to this. He, He says, open his eyes, and the servant looks around, and what was before a moment of panic, what was before an uncertain, unsolvable problem, Now before him was the solution provided by his God. And he began to see around the army, a greater army, chariots of of fire that were there. The divine intervention of God. But it wasn't enough. He watched his master say, Lord, blind these people. And when I studied this, the commentators, they said it wasn't necessarily a full physical blindness, but almost, almost like a, a fog over their consciousness where he could say, hey, who you're looking for, this isn't the right place, follow me. And if you keep reading on in Scripture, you'll realize where Elisha led the enemy was to the king of Israel in Samaria. He led them into captivity without one sword being flown And he said, the scripture says, when they got to Samaria, their eyes were awoken and they realized where they were. And in that moment, the king said, Father, should we strike them dead? Elisha responded, he goes, no, feed them well. And he showed them great compassion. And scripture said, the army of King Araman left that day, never to return. So what do we look at? When we realize out of this passage, I think we go back to the phrase, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. If I'm looking to cultivate an unshakable faith in my life, then where do I begin? How does this process start? Where does it happen? I believe it happens and it begins at that phrase. I believe we never will see with the eyes of faith until we begin to realize who is actually with us. I believe that when you look at that phrase, that is the core concept of how you and I are called to live our lives as followers of Jesus. And so this idea that who we were called to be is not grounded in our abilities and who we are, but it's grounded in who we belong to. It is grounded in who we are serving It's grounded in our Father. It's grounded in the person and work of Jesus. And so if we're going to look at this and understand, Chris, I want to live with this unshakable faith. Chris, I want to be that person that stands strong when troubles come my way. It has to go back to the person and the work of Jesus. Those that are with us are more than those that are against us. So when we look at this, Once you grab your Bibles, it won't be on the screen. Take a look and turn over to Ephesians. 
Ephesians chapter 3, and as you're turning there, my word to you this morning is, so whether you're new to faith or you're a seasoned vet, unshakable faith is about realizing and remembering who is with us, that you and I belong to a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who is all-present. There's nowhere that he doesn't see us. There's nothing that he can't accomplish. There's nothing he doesn't know. And in that revelation, it is not his power that draws us to him. It is his love. So I would say to you that the foundation for an unshakable faith is found in God's love. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18 and 20. When we are faced with challenges, what we need is not a greater understanding of our problems. In fact, let, let's, let's, let's talk there. Oftentimes as believers, when we're faced with a challenge, we look first to the problem. We're consumed by it. We talk to everybody around us. Did you know what happened to me today? You see what happens going on. Three weeks, four weeks ago, I was sitting, probably three weeks ago, I was sitting right back here in the back of this building, pastors preaching a message. And I get a text from my sister. She says, Dale has gone on. He went, he went to heaven this morning. And so I walked out to the front sidewalk of our church. My sister and I don't talk a lot. And I called her. And I listened to my sister broken. She was the caretaker. It was her father-in-law. And she had just poured out her heart to him and been caring for him. And before they, they thought it was time, he slipped in to eternity to be with Jesus. And I listened to my broken sister and just got to, to just be a presence in her life. And tears are streaming down my eyes as some of you were coming to this service. And I'm out on the front walk and I got to tell my sister, I said, babe, he was lucky to have you in his life. The Lord put you in his life to minister to him and that you were who God wanted to express his love to him and he was fortunate to have you. God's with you, babe. He's gonna give you peace. Can I pray with you? And I got a chance just to be that rock for my sister. How many of you would love to have somebody on speed dial that every time you're going through something in your life, you can pick up the phone and they're on the other end and here's what they're gonna say. God is with you, my friend. I'm gonna pray with you. I'm not gonna go anywhere. There is something about our faith that is more than just a church service. It is this reality that no matter what we go through, God has got us in the palm of his hand. And so what I think happens to a lot of us as, as believers is we have spiritual blindness. When we fail to look first to our Savior and we look first to our problems, we let them define us. We let them set the course of how we respond. So I've got several people, as I told you, and Pastor is one of those men that are in my life. And about a month or so ago, I, I encountered a problem. It wasn't life-changing, but it was enough to get my heart racing. And I called him, and I said, Pastor, here's what I'm going through. Never been down this road before. I know you've got some wisdom in it. Here's what I'm facing. And I laid out my problem for him. And I'm waiting to hear, all right, son, here's what we're going to do. Right? Here's where we're going to go. That's not what he told me. First words out of his mouth. Well, son, have you prayed? And I just wanted to hang the phone up. It's like I'm 46 years old. Have I not gotten it right yet? I, I wish I would have. I wish that I would have said, yes, I have fasted for 40 days, pastor, and the Lord sent me to you, right? 
But he didn't. My first reaction was call for human help. Call somebody who could give me the answer to my problem. And the reality is that's spiritual blindness to a sense when God says, I should be the first person that you lean into. I will solve your problems. I will be your source. Why? Because he who is with us is greater than those that are against us. And when we don't realize that we walk in spiritual blindness. So this idea of, of knowing who is with us, I think Paul does the best job in Ephesians chapter 6. And let's just take a few minutes and let's, let's look at this passage. Here is what Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said, hey, I pray that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to read that to you one more time. I pray that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, 18 through 20. So let's ask a couple of questions because he who is with us is greater than those that are against us. What is the length of God's love? If an unshakable faith is grounded in that love, then, then what, is, what is the length of his love? And Ephesians 1.4 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You want to know the length of God's love? It predates your existence. The Bible says before the creation of the world, he knew exactly who you were. He did everything it was in place for you to receive the for forgiveness of sins you had not even committed yet. Before you were born, he knew you and he had plans for you. When you talk about the length of God's love, it was here before we were in existence and it will be here long after. Does that make sense? You as a believer of Christ are grounded in a love that calls you by name, that had plans for you before you ever, ever took your first breath. The power of an unshakable faith is understanding that we are loved and we are accepted and we are chosen by God. So what is the height of his love? If we're going to look at this, how high is God's love? David says in Psalm 103, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how great God's love is for us. For as high as the heavens are above the earth. It's eight minutes and 20 seconds. It's eight minutes and 20 seconds. When you walk out this morning and the sun hits you on the face, that, that, that ray of light left the sun eight minutes and 20 seconds ago. When you begin to start to fathom of what David is talking about, as high as the heavens, then we start talking about some pretty ridiculous ideas and notions of God's love for us. Light travels at 186,282 miles per second. In fact, in the time that you snap your fingers roughly a second, light can travel around the world seven and a half times. 
When you talk about in one minute, light travels 11 million miles. It takes eight minutes for light to get from the sun to our planet, 820. In one day, light travels 160 billion miles. In one year, light travels an unfathomable 5,865,696,000,000 miles. The outer edge of our universe, according to astrophysicists, is 15.5 billion light years away. Now, I'm pretty positive David wasn't an astrophysicist. But when you're looking to understand the height of God's love, David says, just look up. As high as the heavens, that's how high his love is for you. For a guy who was never short on words, when Paul wrote this passage to the the church of Ephesus, he was in essence saying, words won't, won't do justice for what I have experienced personally. But oh, I pray that God would enlighten you. He would strengthen you. That you would know what I know in an experiential way. That God's love was there before you were born. It's higher than the heavens above. How about the breadth of God's love? How wide is his love for us? It's wide enough to be in control of all things in our life. Ephesians 1.11 says that he works all things according to the counsel of his will, that God has not forgotten you, he hasn't misplaced us, he's not, he's not short on attention span, that he is working everything out according to his will. Well, what about the depth of God's love? Can anybody in the room testify that this, that the love of God reaches to the deepest parts of hell to save a sinner just like me? So the the idea of of faith maturing in us is this concept of it's a gift that God gives us to increase our faith. I think about, uh, I think it's Mark 9. Think about the boy who'd been tormented by an evil spirit his whole life and the dad comes and has this conversation with Jesus. And and in essence, he goes, hey, if you believe, we can do this thing. And, And I love the father's response. I don't know about you, but I've been this, this dad before. Scripture says, he goes, I believe, help my unbelief. You ever been in that moment where God has put your face towards something so big and so great that you want to believe, but in your rational thought, you're like, God, you're going to have to help me on this one. I can't get my mind around it. And what I love about our God is he never drops us off in a place where we're not provided for, we're not empowered We're not strengthened. We're not provided his grace. I'm telling you right now, God is calling you and I to take our faith to just another level. To learn how to live with an unshakable faith that's grounded in his love. What would it look like if you and I, if Victory Church said, you know what? And I'm going to walk out. And I'm going to determine to develop inside of me an unshakable faith. A faith that doesn't waver. A faith that goes, hey, those that are with me are greater than those that are against me. What would it look like in your job? What would it look like in Lakeland and in Polk County if victory just committed to go, man, I'm going to be the voice of hope in every place God puts my feet. And when I see someone in trouble, I'm gonna pray first and I'm gonna offer them the reality that Jesus can walk them through whatever they're facing. Hey, I don't know what's going on in your world right now, 
but I know that the Lord won't let this message out of my heart and it keeps coming back over and over again. He hasn't called us to be weak-minded people. I can't get away from Paul's words to Timothy. 2 Timothy, Tim had failed at ministry. His faith was shaken. He was broken. Paul was on his last leg, and he knew it. The tone of his letter to Tim was way different. And he goes, hey, Tim, I want to remind you that what you have is real, son. I saw it in your grandmother. I saw it in your mom. And boy, I see it in you. Hey, when's the last time someone looked you in the eye and said, I see God in you? Some of you in this room this morning, you just need someone to look at you in the eye and go, hey, what's happening in your life is real and God is with you and he has empowered you to not just live through this but to conquer through this. Paul says to Timothy, I saw it in your grandma, I saw it in your mother, I see it in you, so remember these words, boy. Fan the gift that God has given you into a flame for God did not give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of self-discipline and he looked at Tim and he said, you gotta walk, son, with an unshakable faith that when you make a mistake, you know God's love covers you. That when you feel weak, there's a discipline that'll say, I'm going to keep going forward. And you'll know that God's love is what sustains us and drives us and pushes us forward. Church, there's something real that God is calling us to. And it's this idea of living our life with this passion that says, he who is with me is greater than everything that is against me. You're overcomers. You're conquerors in Christ Jesus. And yet, so many times we walk through this life, our faces held low, our shoulders humped over. And I feel like the Lord wants to grab you by the chin and say, hey, hold your head up. You're mine. I fashioned you in your mother's womb. I created you not to fail, but to succeed. And so this morning, as I look back to this idea of this young man running in panic to Elisha, He says, what shall we do? Elisha said pretty simply, don't be afraid. Remember who's with us. Lord, would you show him? And his eyes were opened. In just a few minutes, I want to pray a prayer for some people in this room. And I don't want it to be a sad prayer. It's going to be a powerful prayer that says no matter what you're going through, We want to pray that God would show you his hand at work in your life. Because when you realize he who is with you is more than those that are against you, you begin to realize that you are not just loved, but you belong. And you don't just belong, that you're a critical part of his family. And he is not going to leave you or forsake you. I don't know who it is that's in here today, but you needed to hear that word. I'm going to ask the band to come. We're going to land the plane. And as they're coming, uh, would you be offended if I said prayer's not enough? I, I, I can't find Harry Potter in the Bible. God doesn't wave his little magic wand, and all of a sudden everything's okay. Prayer bolsters the faith of his people, and his people respond in obedient action, and their lives are matured, and they're grown in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Some of the younger people, I got no problem with Harry Potter. Stop hating on me right now. I'll call you to the altar in a second. <laughs> I'm kidding. Relax. So here are three ways that I think you can practically walk out of here today and grow your faith. It's not rocket science. It's just simple. First, ask for it. Look, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask, and the Lord will give freely without judging you. Hey, if you're here and you're overwhelmed today, and you're like, I don't know how to figure this out, man, I got just the guy for you. His name's Jesus. The first thing that I would do is say, Lord, open my eyes and let me see your hand at work in this. I don't feel it. I haven't seen it up until now. But, Lord, I want to look through the eyes of faith and not through the eyes of my problem. Ask for it and see what God does in your life. I told you, Pastor, have you prayed, son? Some of you in the room, have you prayed? Not cried out, oh God, help me. But have you really prayed? Close the door. Been alone with God. Face to the ground. Father, you know exactly where I'm at right now. I need you to help me. Can you see me through? So the first way you can grow your faith and take that step towards an unshakable faith is to ask for it. The second, pretty simple Read it. Open scripture and begin to look and begin to read stories about crazy people like Elisha. I spent an extra 45 minutes the other day didn't prep for this and just was in, in, in my office at the house and just reading through this. And, and it, it led me to another scripture and to another scripture. And before you know it, I, I was just literally felt like I was David. I was encouraging myself in the Lord. I'm reading his scripture and I'm going, God. You're so much bigger than my problems. You're so much bigger than the pain that I see in the lives of people around me. Father, you are great, and you didn't call me to live a halfway life. You called me to go all in and live this unshakable faith. God, would you grant me? And I'm telling you, when I walked into the office that day, there was something different in my heart. I felt like the Lord had said, hey, I've set your feet on a rock, son. Today's going to be a good day. The third way that you can grow your faith is get a mentor find somebody who's been there find somebody in your life and let me tell you what I love about victory if you're here in this service I promise you you could look around and find some really really deep grounded saints in the faith but if you want to get some some real kind of old school grounded wisdom Roll up in here at 9 o'clock on a Sunday and look around here and some of these people who've been serving the Lord longer than I've been alive and begin to ask them, hey, what did you do when you faced challenges in your life? We heard them talk about it in the small group this morning. Man, I've got people. I would have had to handle this all by myself. Now I've got a group of friends that I can call and I've got people that are in my life that are encouraging me. Pray and ask for it. Read about it in scripture and find a mentor that can speak life into you. So as you leave and we're about to, about to pray, the big idea that I wanted to, to kind of ground you with and let you go home today is our, our faith becomes unshakable 
when we begin to view our problem in the context of His provision. When you begin to view your problems in the context of His provision, nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that He can't do. As the band plays, I want to ask you this. If you're in this room this morning and you'd say, Chris, my life, I looked up to the horizon and it shook me. I'm facing some stuff right now that, man, I need God to help me with. If that's you, you need us to pray that God would open your eyes and you could see with the eyes of faith that God would come alongside you and deliver you from where you are. I want you to stand right where you are in your seat. If you want someone to pray with you today, I want you to stand right where you are. Yep. Yep. Standing all over. Come on. Yep. Come on. I love it. I love it. doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're smart. It means you know where your help comes from. Come on. A couple more seconds. If you're here and you want somebody to pray with you. Man. Church, here's what I want us to do. If our, if our prayer team are somewhere close, you can make your way out and go find them. But right now, what I want to do is I want, if you're close to them and, you're, and you're, you're living that unshakable faith, I want you to put your hand on their shoulder. Just stand with them. I want somebody standing with every person around this place. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the rest of the church. We're going to lift our voice and we're going to pray over you today. You're not going to get the prayer of one person. You're going to get the prayer of a community. Can you say amen? Are you willing to pray out loud with me? Let's pray over our family this morning that God would ground them in his love, that, Lord, they would begin to see their problems in the context of his provision, that they would have an unshakable faith, that they would be able to look and go, God is going to deliver me from this moment. Come on, church, lift your voice right now. Let's begin to pray over our family. Come on, let them hear you all across this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come with our heads held high. Lord, we come, God, in a moment where we need you and we ask you in this place, God, bolster our faith. God, lift us up. Let us see our problems through the eyes, God, of faith this morning. Let us see, God, through the context of your provision. Lord, we pray over this our brothers and sisters. Come on. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, let's lift them up. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight with worship and praise. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, Jesus. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I Come fight. On. Sing it. It may Bob. look like It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Father, we pray in the name it may of Jesus. Look like Father, we lift up our family one more time to you in the balconies, the back rows, Lord, people standing. Father, we're praying all over this place. Lord, I speak your peace into their troubled life. God, lead them and guide them, Lord, through this season. Lord, we just ask, God, if it's up to you, Lord, you can deliver it, make it go away right now. Lord, we ask that, and we'll give you the praise. But if not, Lord, bolster their faith. Give them a strength they've never known before. 
God, we pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hey, I'll, I'll never do a service like this. If you're praying, keep praying. But if you've been standing and you want to sit, go ahead and have a seat. But there's some, some people coming down to the front that I would trust with my own family and them praying over. But before we leave, I got to ask this question. Man, you might be in the room and you go, hey, this is all different for me. People standing and singing and praying. And I just came because someone asked me this morning, but I feel something inside of me. You might be here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You say, man, this faith thing sounds real. Can I just tell you, it's the realest thing you'll ever experience in your life. If you're here and you're far from God and you don't know Jesus, then we want to give you an opportunity this morning to ask him into your life. And here's how I want to do it. We're not going to do it all together. I'm not going to pray over everybody. We're going to sing one more time through. We'll dismiss us. But if that's you and you want to talk to someone about coming to know Jesus, I want to challenge you. Step out from where you are. Come down and see one of these guys at the front and just ask him and say, hey, can you talk to me? I want to know more about Jesus. I want to ask him into my heart. But church, would you stand to your feet? And I wanted us to go out victorious today. Would you just uh, lift your voices with the team one more time? And can we just begin to fill this place with praise that our God has delivered us, that our God loves us? Come on, all across this place, let's just sing one more time. Come on, let's sing this. It may look like, come on, every voice. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, by your faithfulness. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Cause this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight with worship and praise. This is how I fight my Jesus. Bless my church. Bless my family. Lord, let us walk out of this place with our hearts full. God, our eyes clear that you have called us to live a life of unshakable faith. God, let us walk in the reality of your love. Lord, we thank you for it. In your name, everybody shout it. Amen. Hey, we love you, Victory Church. Have a great week. Thanks for being here.